Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Woo! Good morning, folks. How y'all doing? Wow, you look marvelous today. Well, I, I believe that God is going to... Let's give it up for our praise team, though. Uh, I, 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 I thank God for them and their efforts to take us into the high praises of God every Sunday. I don't know where we would be without these people. All of you that are serving in the house of God, you're, you're very uh, important to us, and we need all of you. And I already know the church is going to go out if we get rid of the donut ministry. Yeah, that's a big part of our church, amen? amen. Well, today I, w- I want to share some things with you as we get ready to go into the new year. I want you to find Matthew chapter 16 and mark that in your Bibles and stand up and we'll declare and we'll get you back in your seat real quick. I believe that God is wanting to do some new things for some new people, amen? amen. So hold your Bibles up high and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, somebody say, "Woo!" Amen. Thank God for a lively church. Amen. Well, I, I've been think, uh, thanking God for what Pastor Mark has been doing, teaching us how to take the chaos out of Christmas. And so how did we do with taking the chaos out of Christmas? I, I, I hope we understand the real season, reason for the season. Y'all pray with me a little bit today. I'm, I'm under the weather just a little bit, but we're going to do what God has caused us to do. Amen? And so I'm going to be talking to you today about something very important. And the one thing we do not want to do is to go into 2019 with a 2018 anointing. Amen. So you, if you're going to go into 2019 with a 2018 anointing, you're going to be left behind as far as I'm concerned. Because I'm believing God for new things and for greater revelations. And until you get a greater revelation of, of who God really is... Not when I was a little boy, my grandmother, my mother, my great aunt, those were people that were instilling in me the things of God. And I was coming in on their coattails, if you will. I even remember the first time that they had asked me to preach. I didn't know what I was doing. But I got up there and I just, I just knew I was up there because my mom wanted me up there. As one of the young boys in the neighborhood preaching that I did not know. But one day I got a firsthand revelation of who God is. And until you get a firsthand revelation of who God is, you will never, ever know who you are and what God wants you to do. I remember 25 years ago walking through a shop in Tucumcari, New Mexico. I heard a real word from God. There are two types of word that you can have. If you get a word out of your Bible, you can have this every day. It's called a Logos word. 
And what that means is that God has revealed to somebody else something that we come and preach to you on a secondhand revelation. Are y'all still here? And so at best, this is secondhand. It's good. It's better than nothing. But what has God said to you? Have you gotten a rhema word from God? A rhema word from God means that God has brought something to you directly hot off the press for you. Like it was when God came in and told me to get up and go into Oklahoma City. I'm going to do great and marvelous things for you. Now, that was really hard for me to get up and leave a place of business and come into Oklahoma City on faith. Amen? Amen. And so I'm standing here today because I moved into this city by faith. And when I crossed the Oklahoma state line out of my obedience, I heard God whisper in my ear when I crossed the Oklahoma state line, he said that I want you to expect more now than you ever had. Out of my obedience and my traveling, I'm, I'm working out of faith, but I'm really still not sure. Anybody been there? Amen. George Myers says sometimes you got to do it afraid. That was her revelation. But I want us today to look at Matthew chapter 16. And I want to tell you this, that the National Retail Federation estimates that America would spend $465 billion on the holiday gifts and goodies this Christmas. $465 billion, and I'm wondering, did we really miss the reason for the season? You know, we all gave some things to our children. I know you did, and our grandchildren. We gave our little grandson a, a little uh, motorcycle, but the one thing I wanted my little grandson to know is that you will not grow up calling women out of their names. I don't mind giving you some gifts, but I want you to have the real gift of God. I don't mind giving you a gift, but you're not going to run around lying and doing the things that you do. If, not, if you do, we're going to confront you. So in other words, we're trying to, we say we want to participate in this Christmas thing, but $465 billion, did we really miss the season? I wonder how much of that was really pointed toward God. I wonder if we have a real revelation of who God really is. We're all searching for a king. And I believe that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I believe that with all of my heart. And as I was doing some study on King Richard III, he had uh, lost the battle in Bosworth in 1485. And they dug him up in the year 2012, 533 years later, they thought they had found their king. I'm telling you right now, the world is searching for a king. And they called around the world, and within days, they raised $3.7 million to exhume King Richard III and do a DNA test just to go and do DNA and rebury him. $3.7 million later, they found their king with a hole in his head in battle. And if they are up in arms about a defeated king, we ought to be running through the church and pole vaulting over the pews over the king that we have. It did not take 533 years for us to find our king on the third day. Our king came and knew what? We didn't have to find him. He found us. 
And so I want us to go into 2019 thinking about who Jesus really is and having a real revelation of who he really is. What has he said to you? What has he revealed to you? And what we do is we come on Sunday mornings, Pastor Mark, myself, whoever is here, and we try to bring you some information. Information is knowledge obtained from an investigation. And out of our information, the church ought to get a revelation. That means that something has been revealed to me that I did not know about my God. The word has engaged me to think about my life. So if I get information, out of that comes a revelation. Next in line should be a transformation. That means that I got information, I got a revelation out of it, and now I am going to be transformed by what I heard. And once you get that, you have a revelation of who you are and who God is, and then you become a manifestation of God's glory. And until you get a revelation of who God really is, we're going to, take a, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 16 this morning, and the theme is that Jesus is again in constant conflict with the Pharisees and the Sadducees in verse 1 through 3, that he was always fighting with them because they did not know who he was. They couldn't get a revelation of who he was, and they were continuously asking him, can you give us a sign of who you are? And Jesus was telling them, I am not giving you another sign. I've already given you a sign. How many times are you going to ask for a revelation of who I am? How many times are you going to have to ask and wait for a sign? How many times will you lay the fleece before you get up and get busy? Remember Gideon laying the fleece? He said, Lord, if it's dry on one side and wet on the other side, I'll know it's you. And God said, okay, so be it. The next day he gets up and he said, Lord, well, if it's wet on one side and dry on the other... He said, Lord, if you don't mind, will you just let me do it one more time? There are times when you get up and you leave New Mexico out of fear, but at some point, you got to go to work. At some point, you got to get a revelation of who God says that you really are. And Jesus was constantly telling them, he said, why is it that you can read the face of the sky, but you don't understand the end times? He said, you can look at the sky and predict the weather, but why don't you know the, what the end times are? And they are looking for a sign of the times. And Jesus knows all, and he sees all, and he knows that this is a trap. And so in Matthew 16 and 4, Jesus now rebukes them. He said, you wicked and adulterous generation, are you again looking for a sign? Why are you still looking for a sign? I can just see me coming down I-40 after the Lord has already told me to come into Oklahoma looking for a sign. Out of your obedience, God will encourage you and he will bless you out of your obedience as you move forward out of the revelation that he's already given you. There are some of us right now, you need to get your own revelation of who God is. We love Joyce Myers and Joel Osteen and T.D. Jakes and all the greats, but what has God said to you? Billy Graham is probably my most favorite preacher, but what has God said to Jesse Buffett? You know, what is your revelation of who God is? And he, he rebuked them. He says, the same sign I gave you a few days ago in Matthew 12 and 40 is still the same sign I give you today, four chapters later. 
They're still trying to figure out who Jesus is, and he's already said, I've already told you. I've already given you a sign, the same sign today. Again, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So what else did they want? What did they really want from, from Jesus? What do you really want? How about the people that are just watching on TV today? How long will it be before you get a revelation that you need to get out of your bed and get into the church? How long are you going to lay there and wonder what's really going on? What is your revelation of who God is? So you need to get out of bed and get into church or get to church and get involved. You see, because what we are doing now is we're gearing up for the second mile. I don't know if you've ever read this book. Uh, I took a whole box of them into the prison, and I began to take these books, and we studied right out of these books, Secrets of the Second Mile. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, as we're building our church here at Mosaic, we're going to need somebody to go to second mile with us. We're going to need some second mile people that will go with us. And at some point, you got to stop trying to get a revelation of who a man is and get a revelation of who God is. We already know what has happened and what is going to happen in our church. We're not worried about that. But we are looking for some second-mile people. And the reason we need some second-mile people is because we are going to need you because Mosaic Church is going to blow up. It's going to happen. You say, why do you say that? Well, for number one, because I'm here and I believe it. You know, I'm, I'm fueled by vision of Pastor Mark. I'm fueled by the vision of our staff. And we go and we sit and we talk and we have revelations about things that we see and things that we believe. And all the devils in hell can't change how we feel. And so what we need is some second-mile people that will go the distance with us. We don't need people that will step in every now and then and off and on again, off again. We need some second-mile people. We need you to get out of your bed, and we need you to come and help us build what God has, has, has left for us to build. Are y'all still here? If you don't get a revelation of who God is, you'll never know who you are. And what we do as preachers, we come on Sunday morning and we engage your imagination so that we can challenge your assumptions. That's what we do. That's what the Word of God does. It engages you and it challenges you to re-examine who you are for things to come, for things that are, are, are going to be forever, to re-examine your mind as to the, for the eternal life. And so in Matthew 5, 16, 5 through 7, Jesus now has come to a point where he wants to make sure that the disciples stay focused. And he said to them, be on your guard against the yeast or the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they thought Jesus was speaking about bread, but Jesus was saying, be aware of the false doctrine. You see, they really were not focused. They were not locked in that day on what Jesus was talking about. And so now he takes them to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and when a coach does this, what does he mean? Boy, we should have took a few timeouts last night. I ain't saying nothing, though. <laughs> he calls his guys to the side, and he says, hey, guys, sit down. And I was looking online. I saw this picture where his disciples were sitting in a pile. 
And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus has come to a point right now because he is facing to the north right now. At Caesarea Philippi, Jesus knows that he is about to enter into Jerusalem and he is about to head straight to the cross and he really wants to know if his disciples really know who he is. Do you really have a revelation? And so he sits them down and when Jesus came to the region of the Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Now he's asking them first about who do people say that I am. And they replied, some say John the Baptist and others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or just some old prophet. And I want to tell you right now, if you would begin to go on the street corners of Oklahoma and say, who is Jesus? You would get every kind of answer in the world. Some say, well, he was just a good man. He was just a good teacher. He was just this or he was just that because they don't have a revelation of who he really is. One thing about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they be said, we're going to throw you into the fiery furnace, they said, we have a revelation of who our God is. Do what you want to do. We will not bow, burn, or bend, and if we do, we are not going to confess your God. You see, they had a revelation of who God really is. And as Daniel, they said, if you pray to your God, we're going to throw you in the lion's den. And he went right back up in the room to turn his face to the city and begin to pray. Why? Because he knew God had his back. What kind of revelation do you have when you can't pay the bills, when your man or your woman is not acting right, and when your children are not acting right? That does not change the revelation of who God is. You see, we're spoiled. We're in the bless me club. As long as God is blessing you, you're pretty happy. But when things don't go good, who is God? Who is God in the lion's den? Who is God in the fiery furnace? Do you still have a revelation of who he is when you're going through some things? And so they gave them the opinion of the people. And they replied, some say John the Baptist. Boy, I'd like to, how'd you like to have that on your resume? John the Baptist stood in the face of, of her, and he said, let me tell you something, Buster. He was just preaching. He said that that woman that you're with right now, you should not be with her because that is your brother's wife, and that is unlawful. Come on, somebody. How'd you like to have that on your resume while you get in the face of adversity and you rebuke somebody in a higher power? But Jesus said, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Who else? And some say Elijah. Now, we know Elijah would call down fire on you. Elijah was another one that would go out and confront kings and, 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 and have them looking for him all over the world. I'd like to have that on my resume as well. And Jesus said, okay, John the Baptist, Elijah, Elijah, who else? And they say, some others say Jeremiah. Jeremiah, how'd you like to be like Jeremiah? He was someone who confronted a king. The Lord gave him the words to speak to the king. And when he sent the words to the king, because they wouldn't let Jeremiah come to church, they said, Jeremiah, when you come around here, people either get shouting and glad or unhappy and mad, so stay away from the church. And so the Lord said, what do I do? And, and Jeremiah said to him, what do I do? He said, you write, dictate it, and send it to the king. And when every time he would read it, the king would throw the word in the fireplace and burn the word. When they get back to Jeremiah, Jeremiah is hopping up and down like every preacher thought that that was your best sermon. 
And he'd say, what did he do? And, the, and, the, and, the, and the, 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 the guy carrying the scroll, he said, they burned it. Barak. He came back and he said, Jeremiah, settle down. He said, they burned your word, man. Jeremiah goes to the Lord and he said, Lord, what should I do? And the Lord said, do you have another piece of paper and another pen? He said, write it again. Sometimes in your life, you got to write it again. To know who God is in your life, you got to write it again. Now, I like all of that, John the Baptist and Elijah and Jeremiah. But Jesus went on a little bit further. He said, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? He said, I heard what the world is thinking who I am. And I heard what you say about the prophets. I understand all of that. But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter is not going to speak for the whole crowd. He said that you are Messiah, the son of the living God. He said you are Messiah, the son of the living God. In other words, they had a firsthand revelation of who God really was. They didn't have to go and put a tape in to see what George Meyer had to say. They didn't have to go in and see what T.D. Jakes was talking about. All of that's good, but at some point in your life, you are going to have to have a firsthand revelation of who God is. You're going to, he said, wait, I heard all of that. He said, but what about you? He said, you are the son of the living God, and Jesus got all happy. He said, "Woo! blessed are you, Simon Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You see, now there's something going on, church. You know me, and I know you. You know who I am, and I know who you are. And until you can get that straight with God, you're just going to sit there on your pew and not understand who you are. Until you can say to him, thou art the son of the living God. You are my God in the fiery furnace. You are my God in the lion's den. You are my God when my, I don't have any money. You are my God when my bank account is empty. You are my God when somebody walks out on me. You are my God when it doesn't seem like nothing is happening. You're still my God. Can I get an amen? amen. We're talking about a firsthand revelation because the Bible simply says that many are chosen. Many are called, but few are what? How do you get in the chosen bunch? You get in the chosen bunch by having a revelation of who God is. When he walks into a place, your place of business, where you are soaring, you have your own business, you're doing very well, and he walks in and tells you, get up and go into Oklahoma City. You got to know who he is. And then 10 years later, while I am at the pinnacle of my profession, he says to me, I want you to quit your job. I know that you have stocks in the company. You have 401k. You're at the pinnacle of your profession. I now want you to turn and go to a place called prison, and I want you to do it with faith. I want you to walk off of your job and leave it and go to a place called prison and live by faith. You got to hear God when that started happening. You got to know your God when he tells And I'm like, nah. you know, I could have said, no, nah, hold up, God. You need to start some income coming up in here first. <laughs> you, need to, you need to do something first. But, but because of my obedience to God, 
there was a doctor and his wife, who were very prominent in the state of Oklahoma, they looked at me and they said, I see there's something in you. We want to support you. We want to give you everything that you need. And not only that, you are not a very good organizer. I'm going to be your organizer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They say, first of all, you don't have a car big enough to carry the team that God's going to build. So they went out on the showroom floor and bought us a brand new 1997 Toyota Land Cruiser right off the showroom floor. He said, put that in your ministry. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> then they said, you don't have any money. You need a salary. And they started giving me a salary. They said, are you happy with that? I say, something is better than nothing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you don't have a revelation of who God is, you don't walk away like that. You cannot walk in fear. You cannot be running around in 2019 quoting Scripture. You got to live the Scripture. Don't quote it. Live it. I'm the head and not the tail. Live that. I'll be blessed coming and going. Live that. If God be for me, who can be against me? Live it. Don't just say it. And so now he said, now watch this. Now that Peter has given him this confession, Jesus said, you are blessed because flesh and blood didn't give you this. You got a firsthand revelation of who I am. And what he was saying to them is, I, I want you to keep this revelation. I don't want you to lose it. I don't want you hanging out with Pharisees and Sadducees and going into false doctrine. And this is where many Christians are today trying to debate who's who and what's what, and haven't led one soul to Christ all year long. But you're the great debater. You're the great debater, but you had not won anybody to Christ. When people try and come and change my philosophy and my thoughts on God, I say, you know what, bro, you might be right. But how many people have you led to Jesus this year? And right after that, it gets quiet because they like to debate what's what and who's who. That people love debates, but show me your actions. How many people have you pulled out of the pits of hell? I'm not worried about how much you know. I'm worried about how much you care about the lost world. Amen? And then Jesus goes on to say this. He says, I tell you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I can build my church now. And the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it because you know who you are. You know who I am, and I know who you are. And then listen to what he says. And then he tells him that I am going to give you the keys to the kingdom. A lot of people came down some spiraling staircases, looked out of their window for Christmas, and they saw Lexus out there all wrapped up in red with a big bow. And the husband says to his wife, honey, this is yours, as if she didn't already know. And she runs down those stairs and she takes those keys and rips that paper off of that car. But yet she's hooked on pills. She's got a drinking problem. She's got a shopping problem. It got quiet in here right there. You see, it's not about the keys to a car. But he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. 
And he says, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so I bind up the thought of living in poverty. I bind up the thought of being sick. I bind up the thought of being lonely and by myself. I bind it up. And he said, and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And women, what you have to do when you're tired of being by yourself, you have to bind up the thought of being a lonely woman and loose you a good man. I thought I'd get at least two women that'd be happy right there. You got to bind, bind up being lonely. I bind up the thought of being in this world by myself. I loose me a good man. Now, if you're serious about it, y'all, to those women that are lonely and you're looking for a companion, you need to get up and say, God, I loose my man. Send him this way. And don't send me a bozo. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? Send me a Boaz. He's in the book of Ruth. A Boaz will help a sister navigate a dream. Are y'all still here? And so it'd be when you get to know him, you get an assignment. You get a different set of keys. And you don't have to run out to a car knowing that it's a nice car and you burn up your checkbook to get it. You need a revelation of who God really is. We cannot go into 2019 with a 2018 thoughts. It's time for us to know who God really is. It's time to have a firsthand revelation. It's time for some of us to stop wondering what am I going to do and get up and begin to do what you've been wondering about. We need help in this church. Don't have to, you don't have to lay the fleece. 50 times and see if it's time for you to give 10% of your wages. How many times will you lay the fleece? Don't lay the fleece. Lay your 10% in that bucket. Don't shout me down. It works. It works. Let's don't go into 2018 laying the fleece. Let's go into 2018 knowing that God has got your back. But you have to know who God is. you got to get a revelation of who God is. I cannot come in on my mother's skirt tail anymore. Can I come in on what somebody else is saying? I'm standing here today because i got a revelation of who God really is. And so that's what I want to share with you today, is that you get deeper and get closer with God, that you know who he is in every situation. You're not alone in what you're going through. Let me just tell you this as a Christian, and you got on your members only jacket. Suffering is the pathway to glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Suffering is the pathway to glory. And so, if you're under the sound of my voice and you know that you're not where you need to be, let's bow our heads for a moment. I want to pray over you. As Pastor Mark gets ready to come, I know we have some more, a little bit of time, but I want to pray over you today. You've just sit in church wondering. You won't get involved. You won't do anything. You just sit there and you say, well, maybe next year I'll, I'll do something. That's not a revelation of who God is. You're saying, well, maybe I'll do it the next time. Maybe I'll sign up for something 
the next time. You need to sign up immediately. Get involved in the church. Don't just come and sit. Don't think about how you can help Mosaic Church grow in the upcoming year. Go in and put your name on, on the sign-up list to help in the church. I started out sweeping in the church. And I swept my way up to right where I am today with a broom. That's where I started. Please don't sit. And whatever you do, get a revelation on your own of who God is and what God wants you to do. There are some incredible talents in this church. And we're going to find out who you are because God is going to prompt you to get up and get busy. In prison, there's one, I have 105 leaders that we have raised up out of 1,200 women. Right now, we have 105 leaders that are active in the house of God in a place called prison. 105 we have raised up, and they know who their God is. They have a revelation of who he is, and they are on their way. They are teachers and musicians and people that read and teach and they write poems. They do all kinds of things. Stand up with me today. As Pastor Mark comes and I pray over you today, stand up. I want to pray over you today. Stretch your hands toward heaven. Close your eyes. Father, we come today, Lord God, searching for a true identity of who you are. I pray, God, that we will not walk out of this place the same way we came in. That, God, we will get a revelation of who we are. All of us have some talent, and all of us have a measure of faith. I pray that you will begin to use that measure of faith, and I pray that you will begin to use your talents right here in our church because God is going to raise up some mighty people. I'm telling you right now, we spoke it not long ago, that God was going to raise up some millionaires right out of this church. And you can't sit on your backside and become that wealthy person. You got to put yourself out there. You got to do something. You got to move out of being complacent and move toward God. And so God, let us not go out of this place the same way we came. Let us enter into 2019 saying it's a new season. It's a new time. I cannot wait any longer. I cannot continue to sit. I must get up out of my bed and get toward the church. I must get out of my pain and get towards the church. Why? Because God is a healer. He is a provider. He is the one who looks over us. We must get up, church. I'm prompting you to get up and let's get busy and let's get going. Some of us are just lethargic and lazy and laid back. But God has said, what is your revelation of who I am? And once you get a revelation of who I am, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And so, God, right now, I honor this house, our pastors, and the move of God in this house. I believe that our, our time is now. In Jesus' name, amen.